Veterans with Benefits is brought to you by Dracula the Beer. The only Dracula-based beer that doesn't suck. Dracula the Beer may turn into a blood-sucking vampire. Please drink responsibly. VWB is brought to you by AHS. AHS has been a family-owned business since 2001. Are you tired of getting those late-night notifications from your door cam when a bird or a Dracula passes by? With Asian Home Security, a real-life Asian person will patrol the perimeter of your home to prevent and deter any unwanted intruders. Our Asians are here to solve any problem. By Asian means necessary. AHS offers three tiers. The Golden Child tier, the popular Bolo Premium tier, and their bestseller, the Mr. Miyagi system. So go to ahs.com slash VWB for details and subscriptions. If you or anyone you know is in crisis, please call the Veteran Crisis Line at 855-521-1317 or dial 856-983-7562. That second number's not real. I just pulled it out of my ass. I don't know. Call it. Maybe they can help you too. I mean, with everything going on today, you know, this world's got real fucking super villains. You know, I'm I'm not even just talking about Putin. Like, we got fucking homegrown super villains, dude. Zuckerberg, the Facebook dude, he's a fucking supervillain. If you don't believe he's a supervillain, you're nuts. My man's fucking single-handedly destroyed humanity with social media. I mean, if that's not a supervillain, I don't know what is. The motherfucker looks like mayonnaise came alive and became a person. I mean, we couldn't even get a real cool fucking supervillain out of that fuck. Like, if William Defoe created Facebook... I'd accept that, because William Defoe looks like a fucking supervillain. You know, I'd be fucking all hell Defoe. That's it. But we get Zuckerberg. The fucker, he doesn't even emote emotions if you look at him. He's just the creepiest looking bastard. So, that's all I want to say. Enjoy the show. Yo. What's going on, man? <laughs> Not much, man. I had all my all my good stuff all set up and everything like that, and I was like, okay, I'm just going to do on the phone. <laughs> that, I mean, yeah, that's the. So, uh, welcome to the show, dude. All right, awesome, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so um, let's start off in a. Why don't you give everybody um, a short origin story? Origin story. Okay. Well, everyone knows me as Ram. Do I have to give my full name because I might get in trouble? Um, I no. don't know. Um, but my, you know, everyone calls me Ram. I'm a Air Force um, veteran. Ammo. There we go. That's what what we always say. Um, <laughs> I crap for that, but anyway, um, I was in at Herbert Field from '94 to '98. 
um, Herbert Field, Florida, here there in the lovely Fort Walton Beach. And then I was with a reserve unit um, from that time to 2002 um, at New Orleans Naval Air Station with an A-10 unit, which was great. Um, loved every minute of, minute of it. I mean, it's um, I have yeah, I live with no regrets anyway, and it's just a, a beautiful thing to do. Was I'm a, I was a late bloomer, also. I was like 25 when I joined. Okay, yeah, I was 23. Isn't it crazy? Uh, you know, you sit there and you go, uh, I thought I had the world, you know, the, the world in my hands and all that good stuff. And then I was like, uh, I got to grow up. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. like, and it's the funny thing is being that old, like 23 to 25, even I would say 21 or 22, when you come in, you're the old guy. <laughs> yeah. Is Am, am I right or wrong? Did no. I mean, like you were the old dude. No. Yeah. And you were to blame for because, yeah. you know, everyone was 18 years old and, and, you know, and, but, you know, when you could be, keep up with those 18 year olds, that was great. But you were almost like automatically you're, you're, you're responsible for, you, you got automatically put in charge of this, 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 and this. And it was like, yeah. whoa, you know, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm just like that 18 year old guy. I don't have my, my crap together. <laughs> yeah. That's one of the whole reasons I went in, cause I was like, you know what? I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, I'm not a man. I'm still a kid. Yeah. <laughs> I'm 23. I was like, yeah, something's got to change. Yeah. 25 wanting to be a rock star and managing record stores and all that good stuff. But, you know, it was the best decision I ever made. Yeah. And what was, um, so where did that, where did that idea spawn from? Like the military, were you like a military brat? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I grew up in, I grew up in Europe. My dad was a, um, a computer specialist, pretty much a scientist for the army for 35 years. My grandfather is a retired air force, 33 years. Um, my dad's brother is a retired captain army. Um, unfortunately he went to A&M. Um, his brother-in-law, you know, married his sister was a retired Navy surgeon, um, so my mom was a contractor for the U S army in Fort Sam Houston there in San Antonio. My sister is, um, a GS 12 there at the, at the medical Academy at Fort Sam Houston. So, <laughs> you know, I was constant, con I was constantly around it and loved it. You know? So do you feel like, I mean, cause my kids were, uh, you know, air force brats too, but I'm out. Like I, I, I don't know. I only did 12 years and got out. So do you like growing up, were you kind of like, did you feel like you were groomed to join the no. military? No, not at all. I mean, my brother, I, I did, he's younger, you know, I, you know, I, my dad, my dad was a, a musician, you know, as, as a kid and stuff like that. And he, when we got stationed, you know, we we're in Zwarbrücken, Germany for 10 years in the seventies and early eighties. And we moved to uh, San Antonio so I could play baseball and um, that didn't work out. So I started taking up guitar and um, discovered Ozzy Osbourne and Randy so, Rhodes. Yeah, Randy Rhodes. I was, I, I actually, that, he's the only one I ever cried when he died, man. I mean, I was in a hot tub with a bottle of rum, but that's okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, I loved Randy Rhodes. My, uh, my best friends, he was an Eddie Van Halen guy. So we always would jam together out at, um, out at his, uh, everywhere we could, whatever friend's house was having a party there. He had a Marshall stack out of Fender twin and we just went, we went crazy, but you know, so I, I was managing record stores and going to university of Texas in San, uh, San Antonio. And my brother actually was a couple years behind me. He joined the army 
out of high school and I didn't give it a say. I didn't even think about it until I moved to Nashville, Tennessee and to f- try to make it music and, you know, met my, and she, she got pregnant and, uh, that was the, you know, the tipping point. It wasn't a last resort. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't like that, but everything happens for a reason. And I'm, I'm a f- firm believer of that. I don't, I live with zero regrets, man, bad decisions and all. And yeah. it was, a, it was the best thing. I have a beautiful daughter. She's a, she is a, um, a nurse in Norfolk and, um, oh, I was, I was stationed there for seven years. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 So she's a nurse up there and you know, I, that's when, that was my, that was like, that was my oh shit moment. I can say shit, right? You know, and that was my, Hey, I got to, and just like, like what you said. And I did, I'll, I, you know, from the first moment I went in, I mean, I was staring at the ceiling on my bunk and that first night going, what did I do? Dude, I was but, just about to ask you that. Like, when was that? What the? When was that? What the fuck did I just sign up for? Moment for you? <laughs> that was the first freaking. I mean, I'm, when I'm when you're sitting there at, at attention with your, with your, uh, you, you know, your little flight route out there, and and the guys are yelling at you, and you, you don't want to, you're scared to move the your head back or forth, so you just you just sit there and kind of look at the corner of your eye. You see the dude puking on the on the legs of the guy in front of you, in front of him, and um, you know, I was like hmm, kind of chuckling a little bit, but then you know they're beating your beating your ass when you when you get up there to your um your 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 dorm and uh, that first night man that was the first night i said what the fuck did i do see but i'm i'm a slow learner <laughs> so for me boot camp and tech school went by in a blip i don't even really remember it i was like i feel like i was like in a panic for like six months during all that because my, my tech school i think is uh 13 weeks so i don't know how long, i forget how long basic is been so damn long but um like what i was saying was uh i didn't really realize my what the fuck moment when i got to my first base now i want you to tell everybody now it might be the only air force people listening are going to know this but okay so you're in the air force so you'll know this answer what's one of the one bases in the air force you do not want to go to everyone said her over field Real? Everyone said they didn't want to go to Herbert Field, Florida. I mean, I mean, that was like, like they always said that is like because we were they were deployed or we were deployed so much. Oh, uh, but we would say, why not Minot? I mean, did okay. you go to Minot? That was my first base. <laughs> now, my what the fuck moment was: I'm getting off the plane from Philly. It's November, so you know, in November in Philly, it's warm. So I was, I wasn't even wearing a coat. I get outside to go smoke a cigarette at the airport waiting for my sponsor. And um, it just, it was freezing cold and there was nothing. Like I, I could see like a KFC, like in the distance. Right. And I don't know if you've ever been up there. No. You know, but it's fucking flat, bro. Yeah. I had a buddy of mine who got stationed there because he didn't do something right. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So you were Frozen you were out. in you were in the mid nineties, ninety four to ninety eight. Yep. So what was that like, dude? You motherfuckers weren't doing anything, were you? I seen pictures from back then. You guys didn't even no one was wearing shirts. You guys weren't doing shit. No, Herbert Field. I mean, you know, 
we go to Italy pretty much to support the northern no-fly zone of Iraq or Bosnia. We did a lot of Bosnia stuff as far as just support. You know, we were the you know, we're the C one thirties, the gunships and the back then it was the fifty threes and the sixties there. Um but we did a lot of as well in South you know, Bush loved loved the Colombian president. So he <laughs> You know, he was down there and we were down there, you know, we wake up in the middle of the night, have oh, our chief call us in going, we're going to South America, we're going to kill a lot of people and come home, you know? And that was, that was our mission. I mean, y'all, we, have, yeah, the, before the new guard took over of the, all the pencil pushers and all that stuff, I, I had to... I was fortunate to work with some really good chiefs to actually, you know, that's one thing I'm going to be honest with you, man. The one thing I always admired, like we would go to Cecil Phil do ORIs down there and um, you would see those Navy chiefs with their ass off compared to the force ones, the new ones now. I mean, it was like, they were out there, you know, stuffing chaff and, and, and that stuff. And our senior master sergeants tore in that, I'm not going to be straight up, you know, when everyone knows, they, they even told me, they said, man, you out at the right time because it just started turning into academics more than hard work. Yeah. And, and it's like, okay, just, you know, sure. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll do all that. in a half hour. And it was like, uh, no, we can't, I guess, you know, blow, blow us up. So there was some, um, um, I got out at the right time as far as active duty. Yeah, I got I got a ton of flack my the whole time I was in because I never went to school, and I just I didn't want to. I was like I didn't join the military for school, and I joined it for another reason. So I like I didn't I didn't go to any I didn't take any classes or shit, and you know that always reflected on my EPR. But at at one point like my, my mid career, I could give two shits what that number was to be honest. I didn't join it like that kind of threw me off when I when you get into the operational air force and then you know it's like every year you just get a fucking weird number. I was like, that doesn't make sense. I was like, that doesn't like, I don't know. I just didn't like that, that, that process. Well, yeah. And, and, and like what, you know, when I've talked gotten out since and everything, it was like, you know, they had to, you know, they had to do all these extra stuff besides the work itself to, you know, make, like, I almost made, let me tell you this. I almost made rank really quick. I mean, that I was, I was book smart, always have been, but I wasn't afraid of hard work. They always call me A1CIC because, you know, I was older and right when I got in, you know, so here I am giving out jobs to, you know, staffs and, and senior airmen. And I was just an airman first class when I got out. I had a little bit of college, but it was nothing to brag about. I mean, yeah. It was like basket weaving, you know, one, 100. I hadn't gotten to the 101 yet. And so, I mean, I, I had to do, but, you know, it was when I, I was at, I was there at a good time. I was in the military time to where I enjoyed every, it was before they took over. I was in the bomb dump, man. We pretty hit the bomb dump. Yeah, and like the and and the last year that I was in, they took that away. You know, it was like, no, we can't be doing this anymore. All you can do is work hard, and that's it. <laughs> and you know, I was like, oh, when it was, it was, it, it, 
we worked our ass off and yeah, everyone says we put our lives on the line. We do. I mean, I was in the bomb dump and anything can happen in the bomb dump, even though we're stateside, anything can happen. It doesn't matter. But it was like the political correctness to go. I know you're not, we don't want to get into the politics and stuff like that, but it always gets into the way of things. Oh yeah. hundred percent, dude. And it's like, even if you don't, not political, it's like, you it encroaches on every part you know and it's the last thing we you know the military should be it's like hey we're there to do a job we're there to defend the the constitution defend the united states and all that good stuff but you know you you know you know unleash a little bit you know i'll tell you you a funny story um i got in trouble for political correctness a bunch of times but this is the funniest time so I was like, um, I was just fucking around. I was uh, in a pretty good spot in, in my shop where I didn't really have to do shit other than like uh, check parachutes and do IPRs. Right. So uh, I was making like um, like a billboard for the whole shop. And I was like, I don't want to just put everybody's name on it. I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to print out a picture of what I think they look like. So we had this dude in my shop. I'm not going to say his name, but he was uh, he's Korean. And uh, I found, like, the most, like, Korean-looking cartoon I could have find. Like, it was just funny. But, you know, looking at it, you'd be like, eesh. And I put it up on there and put his name on it. And everybody's like, I don't think you should put that up there. <laughs> I'm like, no, he's going to think it's hilarious. <laughs> and he did. But as soon as, like, our chief came in, he's like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> that That's why. Uh, I mean, actually... Uh, like a textbook from what you know i did <laughs> I'll, I'll say his name his name is dave porter if he's listening to this he knows exactly what I'm and uh he you know he went on went on tdy and he wasn't um he forgot uh, he forgot this his his uh, deployment folder you know and yeah it had a locker in there and <laughs> All right, man, and I don't, I don't, you know what? At this point, I don't care if people get pissed off. I really don't. It was funny. It was funny as hell because it, this guy was six foot, six foot four. I'm six one, and he's the biggest redneck from Georgia. I love the guy to death. I do, and he loves me too. And but he was just, you know, he's Mister Magnum PI looking sob. You know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. All the ladies loved him, and anybody who's redneck as hell, and I don't care. And um, and I'm a six foot one white. <laughs> are you mexican I mean, yeah man ramirez yeah so i'm i'm six foot one white whitest mexican you're ever gonna see i mean it's like yeah you look like, like a white dude i thought you were a yeah. white guy yeah oh, exactly we gotta stop this conversation man. i can't talk to mexicans <laughs> exactly <laughs> see that's dave porter and dave porter left his mobility and had his locker key in there and so i was like okay you this little this this and he was one of my supervisors too so i but i got permission from the from from my supervisor i said i, I want to play a prank on him because he's gone for a week he goes what do you want to do i said this is what i'm gonna do so i went home did a bunch of like naked men pictures hell yeah and, and taped him in his locker <laughs> okay he thought he has mobility folder in his key and all that stuff. Well, I took his key, so he thought he lost his key, so he would never know. So he comes back from deployment. Well, word got down to the headshed, 
so the head chef even in on it and they go they go because this guy was so pompous and but he's a great dude i mean there's nothing wrong with him and he's a great guy hard worker ass and uh so they they did this prank where they were like you know what um we're gonna do like this mock um inspection because we're uh, we're missing ammo oh that hurts oh so this Senior master sergeant. We didn't have a chief at that time, so it was the, but there was a senior master sergeant in charge at that point. He was in on it, and oh my gosh, I was like, "Are you kidding me?" They said, "No, this is going to be great." And so Dave Porter comes back from uh, Sergeant Porter, you know, comes back from um, from TDY. They come down, and he's his first day back inspection. We were ammo inspectors, and they go, "Man, what what the heck's going on?" Well, only a handful of us, plus the people at the headshed, knew what was happening. And they said, "Hey, it's a nine mil, and we got to inspect everyone's. We've done already done spot checks. The last thing we need to do is um, we need to check everyone's lockers. Find it. Everyone, so everyone was popping open their lockers, except Sergeant Porter. They're like, "Where's your key? Your locker?" He goes, well, you know, it was in my mobility folder and I took it. And I think I lost it. Well, he never took his mobility folder. This is how, you know, this is how it played out perfectly. Wow. Oh, yeah, so, he's lying. Well, I mean, it was great. I mean, it was awesome. And because Sergeant Ivy, who was like back then, I love Sergeant Ivy too. He was he, tall. He, he was trying to stop laughing. So he crawled himself in a, in a, in a barrel that we would keep the stuffing for the ammo. And cause he, to keep his mouth shut, everyone's going, what's going on? They go, they got someone to get bolt cutters and cut and, and they came in there. They go, cut that locker off that, cut that uh, lock off the locker. And they did. And there he opens up the open, the locker door and there's a dude holding his crank, right? Damn. Popping out. Oh my God. That place busted out. And he got so mad. He turned so red and he looked at exactly who it was. He was like, Ram, you motherfucker. And he would, cause he was sweating bullets. He was oh, sweating bullets. And he had senior master sergeants there, like two of them, a master sergeant, his supervisor, all these people. And yeah, he, they got me back though, man. When I, when I, when I left the, the my last day leaving the bomb dump, him and his got him and his buddy jacked up my I had an old Grand Am back jacked it up perfectly. Trailer maintenance did it perfect. I didn't even know the wheels were off of it. <laughs> and I got in and it in my car. <laughs> and and then I saw it, I, I couldn't go into reverse. I was trying to get out of the parking lot. I was like, "Are you kidding me?" And I see his green truck rolling. There's all four of my 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 tires stacked up in the bed of his truck. That was a military man. That no one got mad. You know what? No one got hurt. No one got mad. We're under a lot of stress. We're under a lot of pain. We we you know we have pe- we lost people who lost their lives. You know, either due to suicide or whatever, or their spouses leaving them because we were all the time, stuff like that, and that's what kept it's a brotherhood and that sometimes, sometimes those pranks showed that you gave a shit. Oh yeah. hundred percent. You know what I mean? And it was like, and sometimes those are the only people you have. 
is the people that that depend on you. Because to be honest with you, he say you know, I opened up a I opened up a can of of um of dyna, of dynamite TNT that the SPs were supposed to be rotating, you know, for the dogs training and stuff, and they didn't. And I picked one up, and it was it was it was already liquefying. Shit. And Sar- and there's Sergeant Porter saying, "Don't move, man." And he wasn't joking. I was- the fumes. I mean, I didn't complain about that, but it was, you know, he he knew what to do at that point. We looked out for each other. We played pranks on each other. That's how we gave a shit about each other, and or showed that shit. And they they take that away to you know what they make it. They make it. They make it a freaking job. It's not a career. It's a job now where you know, it's just a job dude it, it feels like you're just it feels like you're working at walmart exactly that's what i was gonna say yeah where, where you know and you're you know if, you, if you're having fun at what you do it's not a job it's yeah, not and 90 percent of it is who you work with because if you don't get along with them you know they're your second family so well, they like don't you want you to get along anymore now these days. It's like, man, you know, you go in, you do your time and stuff like that, but you're on, you're, it's not only you're, you're already on pins and needles at your, at your job right now because you have to do things according to, you know, TOs and all that stuff. So you got to do it correctly. But when you have to sit there and walk, walk on pins and needles because you might say something or you might, you know, look at somebody the wrong way or you might not be able to be or you might not be able to be a guy and I'm including the women here because you know hey I've heard some off-color comments from women too and some, some of them are worse than what we say <laughs> oh we I, I work with some savages dude some, yeah. exactly and it's like you can't be a person you gotta yeah. be a machine and it's like man come on man it's I, I like I said I live with no regrets I regret I don't regret one second I ever spent in the military it was a, a beautiful brotherhood and sisterhood that I mean I and a lot of people came to come down here, you know, they, when they went to Herbert field or Eglin, you know, and they stayed and yeah. it's a beautiful, well, why not? <laughs> it's beautiful. It's paradise. Do and, you still keep in touch with anybody you were stationed with? Oh, heck yeah. Yeah, I do. My very first me on the wing there, his name is Sergeant Jordan and Pat Jordan. And yeah, I see, I, I see him. I talk to him all the time and he was, you know, you, like you said, your spot, he wasn't my sponsor. Leo Carr was, I still talk to him. He was my sponsor when I came here, Sergeant Carr, but Pat Jordan was kind of like, Air Sergeant Carr, we go, Hey, here, here's, here's Ram. Everyone's calling Ram. Yeah. Everyone was pur- purposely butcher my last name and in, in basic. So I said, just call me Ram. And, uh, Pat Jordan was my first guy that took took me under his wing, you know? So I had my, fun. uh, my sponsor was a piece of shit, dude. He was late, like, uh, like hour late. I'm sitting there. I had no one to call. I didn't have a cell phone. This oh. was 2000. This was 2005. And I still didn't have a cell phone. Oh, um, damn. he finally picks me up, right? Drops me off the dorms. And before he leaves, the fucker asked me for money. I was like, what? I was like, you know, I was, I was, I came in as a slick sleeve. I had nothing. So, I mean, right. yeah, you don't, as a slick sleeve dude, you're, you're making like, I don't know, fucking a hundred bucks a paycheck after they take everything from you. And I'm like, are you kidding me, bro? And I was older than him. He was like, a, you know, he was like four years younger than me. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> so he was a senior airman. I was like, you're probably making millions of dollars. <laughs> I don't make shit. Right. Damn. Yeah. No, Leo, uh, 
car. He was a great sponsor, but he, man, he couldn't sit still. I mean, he was building freaking gazebos. He was building bombs from scratch. He was, he would, was constantly bit. Hey man, oh, let's go clean all the lights on the houses. Let's go do this. Let's go. Do, and everyone just laughed they, when they found out who my, who my, um, who my guy was. They were just like going, "Oh my god!" Because they already knew. Yeah. Man, you were you were you were probably going to end up building a new bomb dump by the end of the week. This guy was so, like that. So I don't know, like the experience between going from active duty to um, reserves, but was there like a um like a weird uh transitional period for you like going from active duty you know either going from active duty to the reserves or from the reserves just to be going full blown civilian again well i mean I, you know the, the reserve the reserve experience i had was was great in the beginning because it, i mean but it was kind of unfortunate toward about halfway through because the unit was supposed to be going from new orleans to duke field which, you know, we, you don't make a lot on the weekends. And I'm, I was a musician at that time as well, making really good money. And um, so I, I joined it so I could, I could be close, you know, right down the road pretty much. Um, but that unit never moved. So it was kind of like, man, you know, I'm, you know uh, it's, I was driving to New Orleans all the time, which is, it's not that far of a drive, but it, it was like, Hey guys, you guys, this was a deal. To, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like a businessman as well. And it was like, this is a deal that you, that we made was hey, this whole unit was going to be over to Duke field. And now I'm driving to New Orleans all the time. And pretty much in a, in a day, my, I was losing money in the deal. And I'm, I'm sorry, but I was, you know, I had kids and everything like that and I'm losing money on, on the whole thing. And I worked weekends. So I hate to be, sound selfish like that, but it was a contract. The contract said they were going to go here to there, but I loved everybody in the unit. It was a totally different experience. Cause it went from bullets to bombs and missiles, which was great. Um, and they're all pretty much all New Orleans cops, which was really good. <laughs> you know, yeah. So if I ever got in trouble in New Orleans, I was fine. But um, so I did my four years there and embarrassed it and did that. And then trans. So it was, a, you know, I was a musician at that time, but then I started an insurance agency and I'm, you know, insurance, which I started actually when I was active duty. Um, I got my insurance license in 98, well, 97, right before I got out of the military, I set myself up for civilian life. And a guy said, Hey, you got a good personality. I think you'd be good in the insurance and investment field. And I said, Hey, okay, I'll do it. And yeah, where, where was that asshole when I got out? Talking give- I mean, yeah, I mean, and in 2000, so I got out reserves in 2005, 2002. Yeah, yeah, 2002. And then I was still doing really good in the music business. So that was fine. And, but I needed, again, one of epiphany kind of growing up and opened up my own insurance agency in 2005 and been doing that ever since. So uh, the, the, the last W2 I ever got was from the United States Air Force. <laughs> so yeah, everything else has been, you know, on my own, but if it wasn't for the Air Force that got me some, that taught me some of that discipline, it's, they didn't just teach me discipline, man. I accepted it. I embraced it. I didn't have when I was 25. Yeah. So 
if it wasn't for, if, if those series of events didn't happen, I wouldn't be what I'm doing now or who I am now. And I wouldn't be doing what I am doing now. So it's a blessing. Um, and it's like I said, I'm going to say it over and over, man. I have no regrets. It's been a rough road. I could probably write a book. And so were you in the, were you in the music industry? Like you have, you have records. When stuff like that I just wrote on my, uh, you know, wrote on my own and stuff like that. I never released it. And, and like, like with, but I was about to say Arista that, I'm like, oh my god, I'm showing my my age, but like with with Sony or anything or Columbia or not, anything like that. Now, but I try. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, but I mean, I play, I was I played, you know, all over Texas. I had great times doing that, and then I played in Nashville, played Exodus, and um, in Nashville, and played just other little bars and and things like that, and down on downtown Nashville, and then I've played, I play all over here in the Panhandle, of Florida. But I just, you know, I, I've been doing this since I was eighteen. Since they yeah. said, you know, since I blew, I blew my elbow. Up couldn't play baseball i was like going how the hell am i gonna get women now okay i'll get back to playing guitar and my dad was like fainted because he wanted me to play piano and i said no i'm sorry dad but i, I love ozzy osbourne so <laughs> here you go yeah um, i I've, ha- I've had a i've had a good life man i have um but you, you know mostly what like when you when you play do you mostly do solo or are you like in a band no uh, i to be in a band here but in a band pretty much everywhere but it's just it's just a duo. It's called the Wolf Famous Three Amigos Duo. Um, and Rick Wallace, actually, who I saw today, and um, um, he he he's a good buddy of mine. His brother died. He ex he's military and um, died while while on you know in the service. So yeah, he's he's a big big. Uh, veteran proponent for uh, veterans and everything like that. Him and I have been best friends, been best friends for a long time. So it's just with him and I, we just have yeah. fun. We just have fun doing it. We used to do it as a job and it became a job. And once it became a job, we quit, you know, that's, it's, I don't want to do anything. That- yeah. And that's what, um, in the, when I first started this podcast, that's what it started to feel like a little bit was a job because I had a co-host. Um, and it was, it was just weird because we were in different States and, you know, we had, you know, doing guests with three people and I don't know. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I love meeting you guys and, or, or you, and, you know, I'm, I'm a big proponent for a beard vet, you know, and you know, I get all his gear. I like good stuff. He's a good guy. And I'm um, having him on, uh, I think Sunday. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Awesome. He's a good guy. I mean, you know, and then, you know, with, with Darla shine, I mean, I try to do stuff with, you know, code of vets when they reach out to me, if they need help in this area, I try to do as much as I can for the veterans down here. So even my insurance agency, I try, I'm, I, you know, I'm reaching out to veterans to hire them, you know, Hey, you know, if you want to, if you want to, because I, I I bring equity, people get equity in my company when they when they reach a certain level, <laughs> and veterans who are disciplined and stuff like that. I want to give them a little piece of the pie to where they have a they have a sense of belonging. They're not they're not work they're working to make themselves put themselves in a better place, you know, and, and not just working to make other people rich or whatever like that, which I hate. 
you know, so my whole scheme of my insurance company is where, you know, you actually can build equity and of ownership in my insurance agency. So I'm, you know, I reach out to vests, try to get them to come on board when they're transitioning out and go, Hey, you know, it's tough because you're W2 for X amount of years. You know what I mean? They, they're used to that paycheck, but I want to give them a sense of ownership. Yeah. Hey, you can sit there and build some you and your, you and your family for the future and things of that nature. So I try to, we try to do as much as we, as, you know, as many things as we can with the veteran community in this area. So that's cool. Uh, yeah. We, yeah. like we started this and um, it was really just like to reconnect with our buddies, like our, you know, our old friends. And cause I was in like seven different bases. So I know a lot of people and uh, a lot of my earlier guests are just like dudes I haven't seen in a while. And I'm like, yo, I started the podcast. I was like, come on here and uh, tell your story. And some of them like, go ahead. No, no, no. Keep going because I mean, you, you, I'm going to ask you something when you're done. And, you know, some of them were, you know, telling me stuff on air that I never even heard of. It was just so weird. It was like when you got a mic in your or facing you, they get more open about stuff. And some of it's embarrassing and stupid shit, you know, like getting slapped in the face by a mama son, you know, like yeah. getting a 15 for uh, using your at a strip club, <laughs> your government <laughs> travel card. Right. <laughs> uh, I'm like, I don't know if you should have told that story, dude. <laughs> yeah. But like I said, it was a different time back then. And it, even even back when when you were in and stuff like that and these guys or even guys have been in when i was in it's a totally different it was a totally different it was you know i i fell asleep in a vineyard in italy and broke curfew i mean trying to get back we had no idea it was good friday we couldn't get a darn cab back from um brindisi italy and the dude robbed us the cab driver actually robbed me and my buddy and said you, I drop you off here. Give me all your money, and we had to go. We had to traipse through a whole vineyard. He was in better shape than me. I ran out of gas. I fell asleep, and it was like playing whack a mole through the rest because you know they had the the spotlight going across the field. And here, I just went up to the SPs in the, in the front of the thing was in front of the base and said, "I'm late here. Take me in," you know, <laughs> you know. <clears throat> and all, all, and my supervisor, the guy who was in charge, was actually my supervisor, the the shop chief. He just he kind of like just like grit his head and just went ram, Jesus. <laughs> so uh, you know. what were you going to ask me? Oh, because, you know, always, you know, if you ever know, like a, if you ever have a guy who's military, but a, a, I want to get in touch with him because I actually have an idea for, with, for it. Um, right, fucking as, talking to him. Yeah. Is a um, love to, well, I'd love to talk to you off, off air. I mean, seriously oh, yeah, yeah, about we'll a, a possible, like a, a I, I've had this idea because I, I do, I dabble in writing a little bit and and it's almost like I said, it's almost like, uh, wow, that, that we're sitting here talking. Cause I think it's something that, um, along the lines of what you're doing that I would love to speak with you. Like, like I said, off air and bounce an idea off of you. Yeah. When we're done, so, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a call. I got your number. Yeah. Dude. But when I was in, where were in Korea? No, I never got there. Okay. Actually, so- to be honest with you, I was, I had orders there. 
and my daughter's mom got diagnosed with breast cancer and they canceled my orders. Yeah. So that's, that's why I was, I was, had orders to go. Actually all my stuff had already been shipped. Yeah. And she ended up passing away when she was nine, when my daughter was nine. But yeah, I was, yeah, all my stuff got shipped and we had to, we had to take care of business at home. So, so when, when I was in Korea, I wrote, directed, uh, a whole season of a TV show. I took everybody we worked with and made them all act. And we had this show on YouTube and I like in Korea, they have like a, um, uh, they wouldn't have it when you were in, but you know, they had like a, um, a base Facebook page. Right. So we would put the episodes out once on, on Friday nights and like the whole base was watching it. Like everybody. I had a, uh, I was in a sauna one time and a uh, base commander, well, the base uh, chaplain walks in and he's like, don't I know you? I'm like, oh, no, sir. <laughs> I'm like, no, you don't. <laughs> we've That's never shit. been, we've never hung out. I promise you. <laughs> That's funny. And he's like, oh, I've seen your show. It's funny. I'm like, because <laughs> we, oh like, yeah. we were doing some like racy stuff on it. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's that. that oh, yeah. We got to talk, man. We got to talk. Off, we got to talk off air, though. Yeah. I'll, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you something about me. Like, and I do this probably once or twice every night. I'll think of something and I got to, I lift the, I force myself to wake up and put a note on my phone to write it down. Like that's just awesome. some, I'll think of some kind of joke or just like, you know, something, but it's like, a, it's like a tick with me. I'm like, I can't let it go. Once I think of something, it was kind of like how this show sparked. I was like, why don't I fucking do a podcast and just have people on. And that's why I like having people on like you, like we don't know each other. You know what I mean? But right. it's weird because like, you know, if I have met I you, I feel like I've known you. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, well, it's part, well, it's part because I'm charming as hell, but it's also part that um, we have that, you know, military thing in common. Right. And that's just, that's like the ultimate icebreaker, dude. No, definitely. I mean, it, I mean, <laughs> this is one that I loved about even growing up in the military, you know, the military atmosphere. And I wish every child could have the opportunity to do that. And I, and I consider it an opportunity because, you know, everyone, everyone would spout, you know, the old, you know, especially like today, you know, oh, America's this America's that. And I'm like one, you know what, every, yeah. I mean, I, I would freak out when I would, you know, came back to, you know, being being in Europe and you know I was stationed my dad was stationed in Swabrican Germany and I'd be like who are these bowheads and stuff yeah, I'm talking about 1984 you know what I'm saying yeah and it was like who are the kickers smokers what what this stuff you know I don't I don't get this you know it was San Antonio Texas and um it it's like I had Korean best friends. I had black best friends. I had panic best friends. I had white best friends. I was like, we didn't have the all. I mean, yeah, there granted there was these little clicks, of course, everywhere there is, but we didn't care. Oh yeah. yeah no, my, no kids were base, my kids were base kids too. And you know, yeah. that's just, it's just the best way to grow up. 
you know, it is, you know, we, we didn't have all this. Of course you had bad apples here and there. It was like, you guys are weird <laughs> over here in the United States. I was like, and it, it was like, I spent 10 years of my, of growing up there, you know, from six to 16 in, you know, formative of growing up and, and experiencing and, and developing. And I'm like, I come back to the United States and I go, you guys are just messed up there to, to Germany and live and you won't care what color people are. And it wasn't because it was because we were, we were forced to, of course, but it was just the military parents are great, man. Yeah. And it's not even, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of correct you. It's not even that. I think that base kids were forced to be, you know, more uh, inclusive with other people. It's not, I don't think it's forced at all. I think it's just, that's your environment. So it's well, not no, even something you think. That's about. what I meant. That, that, yeah. No, you're exactly right. But, you know, we, what I meant by being forced to correct myself is that uh, we were stationed there. Yeah, <laughs> we didn't, yeah. we didn't, we, we couldn't, we couldn't move to Belgium just because we want, <laughs> you know, yeah. it was like, no, we were stationed there. So we, we had to go to this school. So we, we didn't have anywhere. So like, well, shoot, man. Hey, I know this guy, this kid, Anthony Welch or Terry Herb, who was half Korean, half white. And we didn't care. It, it, it was like no one gave a shit. Yeah. They were, I mean, our, I was, they're our friends. Born, I was born in a poor neighborhood in Jersey. And that's all we knew. All we knew is, uh, we didn't have bread. We didn't have bread and milk all the time. That was it. Yeah. What? Your family has two cars. You guys are rich. Yeah, you know, and, and like I said, when I came back to the states, it was like you had all the different. Like it was like you, I, I, I didn't understand it, and, and it was, it, it, I just, I just didn't get it. But I, you know, I learned. You, you know, grew up. You know, my last three years of high school there and here and there in Texas, but it, it was just weird, man. It was actually just really. I came. You know how many times I came back from the United States to the United States when I lived in Germany. Like hmm. twice, twice, yeah. like two weeks. Let me ask so, you a music question. All right. Okay. So you kind of grew up in, you know, you're, you were a teenager, like kind of in the early nineties, right? Uh, let's see. Eighties. Oh, eighties. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So eighties, let's see. You already said you, I know you're an Aussie fan, so we're not going to put Ozzy in this. Okay. All right. So, hmm. <laughs> okay, I'll okay. I'll give you this: Guns and Roses or Motley Crue. Man, okay. I've seen both. Actually, I've seen Guns and Roses open up for the Colt. So that that was Guns and Roses opening up for the Colt right before the appetite for destruction album became at sunken gardens, uh, special events center there in San Antonio. So, um, man, you know what? Uh, it's, that's tough, man. Why are you going to put me on the spot like that? But because, uh, because that, that, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you this. I think early early Motley Crue versus early Guns N' Roses, Guns N' Roses wins. True. 
uh, like if I was say like too fast for love albums, stuff like that. Nah. Okay. But appetite for destruction, bomb, the bomb. That was a great freaking album. Oh yeah. Now uh, I think my crew outdid guns and roses matured better. Yeah. Uh, that's they, just how I feel. So, and there's, and there's with Monty Crew, there's more material to listen to. There is. They matured better. Um, but as far as early Motley Crew versus early Guns N' Roses, Guns, um, Guns N' Roses had beat them. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so we're getting about to, about time to wrap this up. But before we wrap this up, I, um, I always end every episode with a series of questions that you are going to have to answer, sir. Was it like James Lipton? Yeah. <laughs> so, first question. All right. If your life were a book, what would it be called? Oh, man. Let's see. Shoot. Uh, life was a book. Probably. I mean, I already have the first five minutes we talked. I already, I already know what I'm going to name your episode. Um, shoot. I, I, if I was to sit there, not to take, if I was to take the title only, it'd be War and Peace. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next one. Uh, what was the best trip you ever took? Best trip I ever took. Spain. I've heard Spain is pretty awesome, dude. I've had some friends that were stationed there. That was the first time I saw brass. You can't fucking beat that, dude. That's because the- <laughs> <laughs> I was a kid, I was a t- like thirteen, you know, and I, and they had topless beaches. So yeah, I mean, Spain was great. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> um, what fictional character are you most like? Yeah. Um, uh, everyone loves Raymond. Damn. <laughs> okay. You like Raymond? <laughs> yeah, I love Raymond. I think, yeah, I do. Um, I used to be Sam if- alone. Yeah, I got older. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, Sam alone, Sam alone was a cool ass bastard. Yeah, he was. <laughs> Name me a food you can't live without. Oh, shoot. It could be uh, a drink or a food. No. No. How about Burgos? Dude, did we just become best friends? <laughs> like, I, if, they, if somehow, like, the world just stopped making tortillas, I don't know what I would do. Yeah. Bourbon and street tacos. You give me, you give me a, a you know a bite of Pendleton and some street tacos. I'm good to go. Yeah. So. Okay. So finally, um, I want you to recommend something to our audience. It could be anything, dude. A show, um, some music, a movie, a band. Recommend something. Man, um, if I was to recommend any, if I was to recommend anything to everybody, it would. Learn on your own. That is it. Research, learn. I don't have a band or anything right now. I'm just kind of like stuck in a phase. Now, there's a band, Volbeat. I love Volbeat. So listen to Volbeat. I like Volbeat. 
yeah, I love Volpe. I think I think they're incredible. I think they're talented. Um, and actually, it was recommended to me. I was like, Volpe, okay. And I checked it out. And Octane, I'm an Octane fan. And I then I got the Volpe albums and just kind of started reading about it. I was just saying, learn, educate, man. All stuff. Never stop yeah. learning about music, about whatever people, cultures, whatever. You ever listen just, to uh, you ever listen to Flogging Molly? To Flogging Molly? No, you know what? I haven't. Ooh, huh. I'm gonna send you some stuff. I'll send you some songs. All right. It's they're an Irish rock band. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, yeah. Oh, dude, I'm about to blow your fucking mind, bro. You yeah. No, br- bring it. Like I said, when I start, I mean, I'll, I'll love it. I, I I know I will. I mean, if you if you like Volbeat and stuff like that, I know I'll love that because I just, I mean, when I'm I'm sit there and I'm and that guy is just so his his writing is incredible. Uh, it's unique. He's a big Johnny Cash fan. He's a nut. He's a Johnny Cash nut, and you can hear it in the songs and his writing. Um, you know, Last Day Under the Sun is is about Johnny Cash. Uh, you know, loosely. Yeah, and it's just that was like it, that was the, one of their first songs I heard, and I'm like, who the fuck are these guys? I was like, that song's fucking amazing. It's like yeah, one of those where it, you got to play it like five times in a row because you're like, oh, damn, yeah, you never get tired of it, and then you yeah. then you're like going, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and um, listen to more of their stuff, and it just is even better. And I'm like, holy crap, this is awesome. Yeah. So yeah. So um. You want to tell everybody where they can find you or you want to plug anything? I hey mean, you know, be honest with you, man. I want to plug. I got, I have business, man. Gulf Reese insurance. You can find me at Gulf Reese insurance.com, man. I mean, I'm one of the best employee employer benefits. I'm hitting up as much veteran owned businesses, you know, stuff like that, that I can help them out. I'm a veteran. Everyone knows that. And employee benefit employee benefits for businesses large and small um that's my passion because i've it, you know number one i i don't chase a dollar i help the people uh, i love what i do i want to help as many you know veteran businesses help their employees so yeah, that that's all that's all i'm about man that's it you know that's that stuff so cool yep so, um, so how was this? Was this uh, painless for you? No, this is, man, this is, this is fun. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love doing it, especially talking to people I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I had my nice condenser mic used for vocals on my music, man. I was going to have my sultry, sexy voice happening, but I had no idea how I was going to throw over the phone. <laughs> Samsung's See, I it. This, man. <laughs> I have this tiny little mic that I could plug in my phone. My wife got it for me. It's 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 neat, dude. It's like you know, it's like the size of a Kindle or a, you know, like an iPad. Oh it's wow! Little, but, yeah, <laughs> that I had that, but hopefully my voice sounds all right. But no, nah, I think right. you sound fine, dude. You definitely don't so, no. sound Mexican. <laughs> no, man, not at all. Don't ask me to speak it either. I can't speak a lick of it at all. I can speak German, but I can't, I can't speak Spanish. <laughs> You're a Mexican dude that looks like a white dude. That speaks German. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and I'm six foot one. Damn. Yeah. Don't ask. Looking for the milkman. Yeah. So, so no, this was good. this was 
and I, I appreciate this. This was this was actually fun. It was it was it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, dude. I, no, I, mean, I appreciate you uh, agreeing to it. Like I know, like you know, some of the people um, I've hit up, you know, and they're like, I'm sure it was like weird at first, but I'm like, you know what? I don't know you. You don't know me, but I know you're a veteran. I was like, let's do this, dude. Like. And I always get good episodes out of out of you guys, the people I don't know. Right. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I had no, I had no reservations about it. It was kind of like, you know, it was, it was just timing and stuff like that before. But now, was, I was like, ah, screw it. We'll just uh, let's just do it. Yeah, with it. yeah. So, and I appreciate. I'm kind of and excited I, to and I appreciate you. I appreciate you doing this, though, man. I'll be honest with you. I mean, um, it it's a good thing to where even if, if uh, someone who's not wasn't in the military at all, but you know, just happens to happenstance come across it and go, Man, these guys are pretty cool. I never knew that about them, this, that, and the other, you know, if it's, it's, I, I just think what you're doing is, is awesome. Appreciate it. So, yeah, so, yeah. I hope, I hope we're going to, uh, I'm hoping to hit those Joe Rogan numbers pretty soon. All right. Well, let me know. I, I'll, I'm going to spread the word, my friend. So, cool, man. That's it. So, yeah, you want me to? Uh, you want me to call you after we're done with this? Yeah, call me. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, um, all right, everybody. Uh, well, this is it, man. Well, take it easy, Ram. All right, buddy. I appreciate you. All right. See you guys later. All right. All right.